You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And uh, we have never done this before, but I, or maybe we have, we've been doing this for a while, but I am going to give a, uh, uh, not a warning, but a, uh, I don't even know the term. We'll just call it a warning. Uh, we're going to be talking about a controversial topic today, even though it doesn't seem like it. Many people might think it is. Uh, so if you are easily offended by discussions about voting and politics, maybe pause and then wait for the next podcast. Uh, but if you are okay with listening to two pastors talk about these things from a biblical perspective and how the people of God can respond to these things, then keep listening. But before we get to that, as always, we're going to share what we're preaching about this coming Sunday. So Mark, what are you preaching on? I'm preaching on 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. <clears throat> Living here well, uh, until we leave here. Um, talking about just how we as Christ followers are to occupy until Christ's return. And I am finishing my series called As in the Days of Noah, um, looking at the return of Christ. Trying not to get too amped up about this because I am still getting messages from people that telling me, not only are we in the last days, not only have we missed the rapture, but that I had one person message me and told me, that because of something that happened in September 2017, he knows that we're in that seven-year tribulation period and the return of Christ is going to be October 2024. <laughs> and when I shared with him why that couldn't be true, because, you know, we didn't experience three and a half years of global peace during that time, first three and a half years. Yes. We experienced the pandemic, racial and political division, you know, global disharmony, economic chaos. And his response was, well, you're not reading the same Bible as me. And I'm like, absolutely not. I am reading the one that God wrote. I don't know who wrote yours, but I am absolutely not reading the same Bible. Yeah. You are. So we're going to finish that series uh, and actually talk about what it was like, because Jesus says, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the return of the Son of Man. And we're going to talk about what it was like in the days of Noah, and most people don't understand what it was like um, in those days, uh, yeah. because God literally says that people were so wicked and evil and mean and, and just vindictive and vicious to one another that he was like, I'm done with all of them. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to... And if, if you haven't seen or listened to any of this, the series that that Pastor Floyd is talking about, I would encourage you to go and listen to it on um, Crossroads Community Church at Jefferson Hills. It is a fantastic series. So go listen to it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what we're about to talk about, maybe not so fantastic. 
Um, so again, uh, disclaimer, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. It's the last disclaimer. Uh, we're going to be talking about politics. Um, not from an evangelical Christian perspective, because that term has been politicized, but from a biblical evangelical Christian perspective, because that's what every Christian is called to be, an evangelical Christian, meaning we share and show uh, the love of Christ. Um, uh, I'm a registered independent, agree with some Democratic stuff, agree with some Republican stuff, but don't want to fall in behind either one, nothing against either party. That's just where I land. And we're not talking about the presidential election. Um, we're mainly focusing on local elections because those are the ones with the least turnout, but they have the most impact on our communities. Um, I work at the election, not for either party. When you walk in, I'm one of the people who kind of walks you through the process, make sure that you're on the voting register. And uh, I've been doing that for, I mean, a couple of years after I moved here, so for a while. And the lowest turnout elections are the local elections, even though it's the local politicians who determine your local taxes. They determine uh, business issues, zoning, and what businesses can go where, and also business taxes. And they determine, and this is a big one, and I'm going to turn it over to Mark after this. They determine what gets taught in your local community, in your school. Uh, not necessarily, depending on how they're set up, some of it, it is the local town council. Other ones have a local school board. Those, in most cases, are an elected position as well. And they're the ones who determine that. And I'm going to turn over to Mark um, because of what's happening in his local community. Yeah. Um, and before I do that, let me let me say this. People often say, well, Christians shouldn't get involved in politics. We shouldn't be involved in anything um, to do with politics. Uh, we should leave that the separation of church and state. Um, you know, we should we should just stay out of it. But in doing that, we are disobeying God's word. And people say, well, there, there's no politics in God's word. There absolutely are all kind of examples of how we should be involved in politics in God's word. Going back to Genesis, I think it's chapter 11, where they were talking about building the Tower of Babel. It's all political. It was an all political thing. Um, so there, there's, there's, there's definitely throughout the Bible things that we need to look at and reasons why as Christ followers, we should be involved at some something or some connection to politics. That's not to say that we are to endorse anyone from the pulpit, because we are not allowed to do that, and we should not do that. But we should be involved. Um, let me start by asking do you know the names of the your school board the people who sit on your school board do you know any of their names do you know the name of the da 
do you know the name of the magistrates who represent your district? Um, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't. And because of that, we are getting people that are put into office that are one, sometimes not qualified to be in that position, and two, who are, for lack of better word, better uh, term, and something that is current, they're too woke to be in that, that thing. For example, in our school district, Abergallatin School District here in, in Fayette County, um, we just got a notice saying that they are changing the curriculum some of the curriculum in 2024 school year to be more diverse in their, their teachings, especially the history department. Wait, They're, before you go on, before you go on, this is my last disclaimer for folks who are easily offended to hit pause, maybe go get a sandwich, Maybe fast forward. Well, not fast forward because this is the whole podcast. Uh, maybe just pause and then wait for the next one. Okay, go ahead. But anyways, they're they're taking the history department and they're changing the history to highlight and spotlight more diverse individuals. They're doing away with. They're not so much doing away with, but they're limiting the teaching of the four, um, the founding forefathers, and they're going to be highlighting more of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, more of the LBGTQXYZ people and their, their influence in history and more of the diverse people, um, the people of color, uh, the Native Americans and things like that, more of that kind of thing doing and, and not talking about the Constitution. It's sad. It, this has started a long time ago. It, it's not something that's really new, but they're putting it on paper now. So it's going to be there. And this is why it's important to find out who is running for the school board I know who's running for the school board in my area. And I've actually reached out and talked to some of them and said, hey, are you for this or are you against this? And my vote is going to be whoever is against the woke culture, that's who I'm voting for. Um, I want someone, I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, I want someone who's mainly, who is mostly aligned with my biblical views in office. You're, you're muted. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you to pause there for a second. Don't forget what you were going to say, but that is the heart of what voting is. Mm -hmm. And people get mad at me when I say, well, I'm going to vote for whoever thinks the most like me. And they say, well, isn't and I'm like, do you vote for whoever thinks the most like you or whoever is opposed to what you think? Most people will vote for whoever thinks the most like them. That's what we are supposed to do. So we can't, you know, hate on people who do the very thing 
that we're supposed to do. You're supposed to vote for whoever thinks the most like you, whatever your ideals are, whatever you think is important, whatever your values are. And if you're a Christian, then your value should be hopefully determined by a biblical worldview, what the word of God says. And then you're going to vote for people who want to put and institute and enforce and encourage those same values. Okay, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in no. there. No, you, you're perfectly fine. And, and, and the thing is, I blame the pulpit because most people don't know what a biblical worldview is. You ask someone what a biblical worldview is, and they're going to tell you someone who reads the Bible. Yeah, we can, we can definitely blame the pulpit on that one. But I, I do want to go back to something you said, because you said that most of the people... I shouldn't say most. I don't remember the exact wording, but it has been my experience. Most of the people who run for office, especially local uh, offices, whether it be school board or whether it be uh, local municipalities, are not qualified. Right. People who say, I grew up here and lived here all my life, that does not make you qualified to run the borough or to run a school district. Uh just because you have a business within the school district doesn't mean that you're qualified to run the school district or run the borough or local municipality. So maybe that, that and, and this is one of the problems I have is that most local municipalities don't have a forum where you're not going to turn on your local news like you will with the congressional and the presidential and hear all the local people running for the local school district or local municipality <clears throat> sharing what they believe on a variety of topics. And even if you look on their Facebook pages or wherever they their signs, it just says, you know, I lived here all my life to blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. they don't share what they believe. So doing what Mark actually did is the best route. Reach out to them and say, hey, I just want to know what are your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. What are your thoughts on, you know, the, the, the necessary to increase our taxes? What are your thoughts on, you know, putting more businesses in because some people are like, Hey, we don't need more businesses, protect the greenery. And what are your thoughts on fracking? What are your thoughts on this? Don't attack them because then they won't want to share their thoughts. And most of them will have, if they're a Democrat or if they're a Republican, they'll be at Democrat or Republican rallies where they share their thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're like me, I'm an independent. I don't go to the Democratic rallies. I don't go to the Republican rallies. So I don't get to hear. So I have to go reach out like you and say, hey, I was just curious. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. 75, 85% of the time, I get absolutely no response. Yeah. Which and, makes and, me and, a little hesitant to want to vote for them. Yeah. If I don't get a response from someone, I won't. I won't vote for them, period. I yeah, mean, that's just the way it is. Um, but the other thing is, um, just to put a plug in, and, and we're not getting paid for this, <laughs> but WMBS Radio here in Uniontown does a very good job of bringing candidates on and talking the issues with them. Mm -hmm. And you can learn a lot by listening to a little AM radio station on the candidates when they're in. Um, and, and like I said, there, you know, we have the DA is up for election here in, in Fayette County. Um, there's um, the coroner. You don't think about the coroner. Well, he doesn't have a big political role. He just watches Debbie. 
there's a lot to be done and said about the coroner. Um, he's going to be up for election. Um, school board members are up for election here in, in, in my district and in other districts in the county. And if we don't do our homework, if we're just going in and checking boxes at the polls, okay, that guy sounds good. That guy's, how do we know we, if we haven't done our homework? And, and I think it's important as citizens of this world and of citizens of the heavenly world that we get to know the facts. And, and remember, you know, I don't care whether they're, I, I'm a registered Republican, but I don't care whether they're a Republican, Independent, Democrat, Unitarian. I don't care if their views line up biblically to mine, because I belong to a monarch. You know, I'm waiting for the king to come. That's what I'm waiting for. But while I'm here, I have to occupy and I have to reach out and I have to make this the best this that I can make it. Yeah, and I, I, I think something that you said that it doesn't matter what their political pers- uh party affiliation is uh we should be more concerned with what are they saying because you could be a democrat and lean more conservative you can be a republican and lean very liberal and all of that in between so just because they sign up for a political party doesn't mean you know what they're going to vote and nothing makes me like crazier than people who will go in and just just click i don't care who they are every democrat or every republican and this is why because right now Uh, I'm like 12 miles south of the city of Pittsburgh, and there is so much crime in downtown Pittsburgh. So many businesses are closing because of the crime, and yet people are moving out of the city, but they're still voting for the people that are doing nothing about the crime. And I'm because they just go and yep and click, you know, uh, party affiliation rather than hey, what are you going to do about this? So I'm like, why would you vote for? They made you move away. They made your business close so much so that you're like, I got to get out of here. But then you still vote for the same people and party affiliation that made the decisions that made you move away. That doesn't make sense. Why not vote for the people who say, hey, I'm going to do something about this and actually do it rather than just, you know, clicking party affiliation. And some of the cities are so unsafe. I was listening to the radio. They were talking about a woman who just was, I mean, just random downtown driving in her car. Two people came from either side, tried to get in her car, and she just had to speed out of there. But the radio announcer was still advocating for voting for the same party that does absolutely nothing and is responsible for that crime. They were talking about, uh, 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 also a uh, a young teenage guy who beat someone else nearly to death, club night incident, mm-hmm. but is back out on the streets three days later. Yeah. It, it, like, it, why it, would you want those same people in political office who who make the rules and policies that allow this to happen and then yeah. you complain about it and say, this is not right. This is not good. 
but in, they won't do anything about it. We can. We can vote them out of office and put someone else in, but people don't. And, and here's another pet peeve of mine, because I agree 100% with what you just said. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on some bigger toes. If you're going to complain about who's in office and don't vote, then you have no business complaining. Because you did not 100%. Absolutely. And and there's a lot of people that will complain and complain and complain about people who are in office that have never voted in their life. And they have no reason to complain because they are not making the choice. And, And, you know, some people say, well, how do we how do we find out this information on these candidates? Most candidates, even in small communities like Uniontown and Fair Chance and all that, most candidates have a website that you can go to and find out what they stand for. And if they don't, call them. And on their website, they will usually have, here's how you can contact me. Here's how you can reach out to me. Do it. Call them I want to know what you think about this. I want to know yeah. what you think about that. I want to know what you think about crime. I want to know what you think about the curriculum that's being taught in our education system. Ask them the tough questions because, and it's not being disrespectful. That's their job. Yes. Their job is to represent me, even if I'm not of their political party. Their job is not just to represent their political party, even though that's what politics has come to. Their job is to represent the people in their district or the people in their school district. Uh, so definitely ask them. Yes. And to this, I will share this story because uh, a lot of people say, and I know people who have said this, and you probably do too, oh, well, my vote doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I vote or not. Things are going to happen where it happened. And a few years ago, and I, she probably doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm okay talking about this about her, I won't name her name, but in our borough in Jefferson Hills, and there was a woman who was running for town council along with a bunch of other people. She lost by one vote, one vote. And she went on a tirade on Facebook about don't blankety blank tell me your vote doesn't matter. I lost by one vote, blah, blah, blah. And I agreed with her 150%. It was, it was, one of the low turnout, less than 12%, I think, or 15 maybe, of the voting district actually turned out to vote because it was just yeah. local people. And she lost by one vote, went on a tirade. And, and I agree with the 100%. Every single vote matters. Yeah. Because you can make the difference between, you know, the taxes, the safety, the school, uh, fracking, whatever your concerns are. You can make that difference. And you don't have to become like a vocal show and hate online yes. like everyone does about their politics. But you definitely, we live in a nation where you have a voice, make your voice heard because there are lots of nations where the people don't have a voice. And, and if we keep going the way our nation is headed, we're not going to be able to have that voice. So if you want to continue having that voice we have to make a difference and as floyd said in the beginning the local elections are more important than the national elections in my eyes because they are the ones who set the policy for where i live yeah it might be years before we see the implications of something that a president does it is months 
we immediately feel the impact of local decisions made by local politicians, local town councils, and local school districts. We see and feel those right away, yet people won't turn out to vote for those. Uh, I agree. Those are super important, probably the most important. Um, And they can set the tone if enough local districts are moving in a certain direction, then those local congressional people have to stand up and listen if they want to stay in office. So we don't realize the power that voting in your local elections have. uh, And and we're going to go back to what Mark said in the beginning. If you're someone who thinks that Christians aren't supposed to be involved in politics, that is a lie from the pit of hell. There are so many verses. And I can't remember now. I used to have it handy, uh, like saved four times like this. Uh, There was an Old Testament verse where it talks about God responding negatively to the people of God because they put an ungodly king in office. There are so many verses that talk about, yeah, that we are supposed to pray for our leaders, regardless of whether the words Republican and Democrat do not appear in the Bible. And we're supposed to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in order for us to do that, one of the ways we can help is by voting in people who will impact godly uh, biblical policies and issues. Um, Yeah, um, keep going. (laughs) I'm trying to find something. There is a verse somewhere. I think it's in Psalms. I may be wrong. That says God's the one who puts into office and removes from office. So no matter who's in office, we are to pray for them. We are to support them, even if we don't agree with them, because God has put them there for a time, for a season, for whatever purpose he has. Um, So we need to really be careful when we say that politics isn't in the bible we also need to be careful because even though i am a christian i'm an american regardless of my political affiliation it is my right to vote and have a say in what happens in this country Uh, psalm 146 3 to 5 says do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save so that's not what we're doing we're not electing people like hey they're going to save the world because they're not when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. But blessed are those who help, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. We should vote for godly people, but our trust and our faith and our hope is in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not in an elected official. Right. Like I said, I belong to a monarchy, and we're waiting for the king to come. Amen. And, and and that's that's something that, you know, that's what gets me when we say that the church can change the world. The church can change the elections. The church can change. Yes, we can be an influence in that. But the only thing that is going to change this world and this nation is Jesus Christ and him alone. Nothing else can change anyone's attitudes, anyone's perspectives, anyone's way they do things other than Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And uh, there are a significant number of people who claim to be Christian in America. But if every Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian all voted local policy, uh, uh, regional, or even in the federal elections, state elections, the way that God said, then yeah, we would we would change the nation. But we still, our hope is not to be in an election. There's no political leader that's going to step into office on the local, state, or federal level that is going to save us or that is going to make the world a better place. Our hope and our faith is trust is in Jesus Christ. And we make the world a better place by going out and sharing, showing the love of Christ, the people within our circles of influence and living it out. As Mark mm-hmm. Lee says, when we live it out, that's a stronger testimony than us just telling people that there's a God who loves them. When we show them the love of Christ and we live it out and treat them with the love of Christ, that has a bigger impact on changing our communities and our world than any political policy that could ever be put in place. And I agree 100%. And, and, and you know, that's what I'm preaching on this Sunday. We are to occupy while we're here while we're waiting to leave here we are to live here not crawl underneath a a rock and hide not to to just sit in our houses and do anything we had enough of that during the pandemic it's time to get out and get moving um you know talking about politics and and whether or not we should be involved the wisest man on the earth wrote these words. If you see in a providence the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is, is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for the land in a, in every way, a king committed to cultivated fields. What Solomon is saying is we have, there's a higher, there's higher people watching these lower people. And if we see them in, see them doing things that they're not supposed to be doing, get rid of them, get them out, take them out. He's talking politics. Right in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. He's talking politics. Um, we, we need to be involved, folks. Um, it's time for Christians to get involved. California is probably known for being the most liberal, most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, They're the most restrictive of the states in, in the way of people's freedoms. But in Orange County, California, there is a church that is it, taking what we're talking about, being involved, to the next level. They do have hosting meetings of the candidates at the church to come in and talk both sides 
so that people can see they are getting involved. They know the names of each one of their school board officials. They know the names of each mayor in the area and they know the staff of the mayor and they pray for them religiously. <clears throat> this is the other part of this. If we are going into this election season, just going into it to vote to get our guy in without praying about it first, then we're just as bad as everyone else. Everything we do should be bathed in prayer. And I know Floyd says, you talk about that all the time. Yes, I do. Prayer is the key. If we're not praying, then how can God be directing us? How can God be leading us? And especially with these small elections, um, I don't, when is election day this year for the primaries? Uh, the 16th? 16th or 17th, whatever that Tuesday, Tuesday is. 16th. Hmm. So we're a week away. <clears throat> By the time you hear this podcast, it will be time to go vote. Um, so, you know, we need to, we need to take a stand, folks. Christ followers need to take a stand. Because if we don't, then we are just going to be put aside and Satan's going to get his way and bring in the men and women that he wants in office. Yeah. Um, I think it's Jeremiah. Everyone remembers Jeremiah 29, 11, but they forget verses one through 10, where God tells the people that, Hey, live there, uh, uh, get married, set up businesses, do life there, but also create a culture that's God honoring there. Um, and that's what we're we're called to do. And many people reference the verse in Romans, because uh, Romans 13 talks about the fact that let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, but they miss verse four, which is why we're supposed to read the Bible in context, because it says those people in governing authorities, they're God's servants for our good. They're there. The whole purpose they're there is to see that God's justice and God's morality, not a political parties, not some divisions or organizations, not some culturally relevant aspect of it, but God's authority, God's moral authority, his justice is what's done. And they're there to serve us. And a lot of people forget that, but that's a crucial verse in the Bible. Um, that we are supposed to keep in mind when we go vote for people to go in. We should be voting for people who acknowledge that they are there to serve God and see his justice, not their parties, not, not some you know cultural whatever definition of it, but God's justice and his sense of morality carried out. And the Amen. only way that happens is when the people of God, first and foremost, know what the Bible says. Uh, know what God's morality says, know what is against God's morality, and vote for people who are willing to say that. That doesn't mean we demean other people that are against it. We talk bad about them. Uh, we put them down. We just say, hey, we can say, hey, this is what I believe without saying what you believe sucks. And we can say, here's what I am voting for without saying what you're voting for sucks. 
And that's what we're called to do. And that's what we should do. And we have the ability again uh, to say that. And uh, let me say this, if you haven't done it, because uh, I know Mark was talking about how, um, like in California, how they're setting that up. We tried to do that here a couple of years ago, create a forum where the local people could come and they could share. Here's what we believe. We gave them the questions. We live streamed it uh, via Zoom so that whoever wanted to could watch. Uh, and it wasn't like, hey, get you a typo. We're trying to, you know, trick you up. Everyone, all the politicians got the same questions and were asked, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What about, you know, and we got the questions from people. What are you concerned about? Put those in the questions. And it worked once when we tried to do it again, it, it immediately became political because someone was like, well, some of the people hosting that are of this party. So this party doesn't want to be involved. I'm like, some of the people that you're going to be sitting in office over are of both parties. So why wouldn't you want everyone to know? Because someone from another party may be like, hey, that's a valid answer. Let me look into this candidate more. Because like Mark said in the beginning, they kind of emulate what I believe. They think like me. So um, try to set those up. Uh, granted, you know, that that's not our goal. That's not our role. That's not what we're here to tell you to try to, to do. But if you're able to do it, then definitely. But if not, reach out one-on-one. -on -one. Find out what the folks that you're voting for and you're trying to put in office believe. And not only find out what they believe, but if they believe what you believe, if they are for what you believe, support them. I mean, talk about them. Get the word out that, hey, this guy is good or this woman is good. We need to get her into office or get him into office. You know, don't just sit and, okay, that sounds good. I got the information I want to hear and keep it to yourself. That's just not right. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's so much confusion because, you know, person A over here claims to be a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled person of God. Person B over here claims to be a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled people of God, but they both are on like opposite extremes of different political parties, both claiming that God supports what they believe. And those two things can't be true. That's a contradiction in terms. They can't both be true. And, and, and that's very true. And, and you know, as Christians, we need to be very careful It goes back to what we were saying before. We need to be very careful of who we are putting into office. Um, I will tell you right now, as for me, if a person says to me they believe in abortion at any stage, that's a red flag to me right there. I don't care how good of a Christian they are. I don't care if they go to church every Sunday. I don't care... If they're telling me that they want to kill babies and they're okay with killing babies, then I'm not okay for voting for them. That's an extreme and that's the biggest one out there, but that is something that we need to, to look at. When you're looking at a DA coming into office and you're looking at his values, if he doesn't value a life of a baby, then he's not going to value a life of someone else. And at the same time, look at 
and 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 I mean, if you have to, granted, don't go look online because you'll be blah, mind blown. But make a list of things that are like, this is a like Mark said, a red flag for me. This is a line I'm not willing to cross. I don't care how good you are. I don't care all the positive things you've done. But if you know, these are the things that I am not willing to cross. Uh, these are the things that are important to me. And use that in helping to determine, you know, who you're going to vote for. Um, and like Mark said, go look at their websites, go look at their information, and then reach out to them. Uh, and even just ask in a polite way. Be respectful, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Because most people will just slam people in a negative way. And of course, they're not going to respond to you. Right. So if you start out an email to say, I want to see if you're one of those blankety blank people who believes in this. <laughs> Why would they take the time to respond to you? But if you yeah. reach out and say, hey, um, I see you're running for election in this office. I'm not familiar with what you believe. I'm just curious where you stand on, you know, A, B, C, and D. Right. And, that, that's, right. That's, and you have a right to ask that. And they should respond with here's where they stand. If they respond with some political rigor remote that doesn't answer the question, I don't know that that's a red flag, but it might be because they're like maybe just, you know, they call themselves either Democrat or Republican, but they're just flattering one way or the other. I respect someone who says, hey, I totally disagree with you. Here's where I stand. Even if that stance is directly opposite to me, I respect your stance. I just won't give you my vote. And I work with and talk to, I shouldn't say work with, but work on certain things in the community with and talk to people who are in office, who have a different political perspective than me. I don't have a problem with that because we all got to live together. Right. We all have to do life together. Um, and, I just don't have to vote for them. Yeah, And, and that's, I hate them. Yeah. And, and that's the problem that we've had in this country. We are so divided by hatred for the other party, one or the other, that we don't want to listen to each other as far as just carrying on a normal conversation <clears throat> you know i can i can love someone well e- even this this is you know i was talking about abortion okay do you know that god loves the person who performs the abortion God loves them because God loves everyone. He doesn't love their actions. He doesn't love what they're doing. But he loves the individual. And that's what we are called to do as Christians. We may not support your view on LBGTQ things. But we love you as a person. And that's really why there's so much division. It's not that... People are angry or hate, you know, what they call evangelical Republican Christians or whatever because of their views. It's because of the way they respond to other people. They're not upset that, you know, Christians don't want babies to die. They're upset because they think Christians are demeaning women who have these abortions and trying to tell them what they must and must not do. Um, that's a whole other issue. We could have a whole another podcast on that. But uh, if we were, if, and this is this is what makes me so mad, um, 
People think, oh, well, let's get the two parties or two people or whatever up there and have a debate, and that'll help me decide. That won't help you decide. That'll just make you angry. What I would rather see than in a debate, because in a debate, it means that this person and this person defend their actions and their beliefs without considering, hey, maybe that person has a good point. I would rather see a discussion where this politician and this politician say, here's how I want to resolve this. Even if that means one politician says, hey, some of the things you're saying I disagree with, but some of them we could use. How could we implement them together to solve this issue? That's why none of the issues are solved, because people are trying to do things for from an extreme. My way or the highway? If you don't do it my way, we're not doing it at all. Instead of saying, hey, here's my way. What's your way? What can we take to make this work to solve this issue? If they did that, we'd see so many more things resolved. But we, like Mark said, we divide, we hide, and we hate. Instead of coming together and saying, how can we resolve and then move on to the next topic? Even if my person doesn't get into office who I want to vote for, if the person of the other party resolves this issue, it's a win for me. That that That's okay. But people are like, well, I have to, because my person didn't get in office, I have to hate the other person. Right. That's not what the Bible tells us to do. It tells us uh, to pray for, and uh, let me pull up the verse, um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, says, oops, wrong verse, 1 Timothy chapter 2, I urge then, first of all, the petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. All people, not just the people I voted for, not just the people that vote like me. If the person I voted for gets into office, I need to pray for them that they do God's will. If the person I didn't vote for gets into office, I need to pray for them, not against them, not hate on them, pray for them because they're now in that position of authority. And if we want them to like make God honoring decisions, how are they going to do that if we're not willing to pray for them? So uh, yeah. we as uh, the Christian, evangelical Christians, whatever you want to call people uh, in America, but we as Christians have to come together, stop hiding, stop hating, and stop dividing and start coming together saying, hey, God first, political party is just an avenue by which we can see God's will done, but God first, pray for them, and then come together as the people of God. Amen. 100% agree. All right, so I think we've uh, beat this topic to death, and um, I'm going to ask Mark to Pray for us, uh, pray for the election, pray for the Christians in America, and then we will be done. Okay. Father, thank you once again for an opportunity to just share our opinions. Um, we are just two guys who sit here in front of a microphone and hopefully share wisdom and truth about you and about your word. And Father, we just ask that you would speak to the hearts of the believers in this country. Lord, let them know that they can make a difference, maybe not in the world, but they can make a difference in their world, in their community, in their circle of influence by just standing up for you standing up for the Bible, standing up for your word and what you promised us in your word. 
As I've said throughout this podcast, Lord, we are looking for the King of Kings to come and to reign and to put everything back the way that you intended it to be. But until then, help us to occupy, help us to stay strong, help us to stay uh, focused on your word. Be with the upcoming election, Lord. Lord, we already know you know who's going to be put into office. Lord, we just ask that you would just be with each of those running for office. Lord, that you would just uh, somehow, some way, speak to their hearts. Let them know that they are not alone. Uh, because some of these candidates who, who do have the biblical views feel so isolated because of everything else. Show, show them that they're not isolated. And help us as believers to, to just come around them and, and to support them with prayer and support them in any way we can. Father, the, the only way that this country or this world is going to get fixed is by you. And we understand that. So we pray your peace upon this world. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to cover us and cover this country with your peace and your, your the only way that you can do it and, and your understanding, Lord. And help the pastors to preach that. Mm. That we need the peace of God, not the peace of man. And we thank you, Lord, for your love and for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.